Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Oh, put the kettle on. Lovely cup of tea. Thank you. Hey! Clapping on my own again, eh? So, uh, well, I think that was the first... Well, no, we did do way. We do way every time. But you've I've refrained. refrained. You went... I'm trying trying to be chill today. So, <laughs> hey! I can't do it. I physically can't be chill. Sorry. So, yes, welcome to the Toast Train, everybody. Good to have you with us. Absolutely, indeed. So, uh, we've got a packed show today full of really cool stuff. Uh, we will introduce our guest very soon. But uh, coming up on tonight's show, we have musical appearances from Stephen Kelly. And music from Johnny K and Seb Phillips of Magic Nine. We have some new stuff coming up from The Witch Kids. And also Georgia Crandon. And not to forget our guest piece of toast-topping delights as well, <laughs> uh, which leads us on to introduce our guest tonight, uh, Mr. Michael Murcott, everybody. Hey! Well, um, I must say, uh, I've known Michael for a long time, so is Amy. Yeah. Uh, we know Michael from being the guy that sits at that table at the front of the college, which <laughs> no one was dead sure what was going on. Um, but, Turned um, out, totally but, but, um, but Michael does say he's the senior library assistant for Westminster Libraries before working at Braintree College as a senior learning advisor. Uh, so that's where the senior learning advisor obviously sits, which is at the front door, which looks like the reception, which I'm sure every time someone said, where's this, where's that, where's the toilet? Yeah. Um, but um, Michael, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, also, you're a big space infusion. Uh, it says here you buy and sell shares. We'd love to talk about that yeah. as well. Also inter- interested in ecology, biology, the environment, global warming, uh, weather patterns, and basically all the cool stuff that I can't That's wait to, to bend your ear on. So uh, thanks for coming on the show, mate. It's nice to be invited. So um, you know, you, you said earlier you might be a little bit nervous, but don't be because yeah. you are more than prepared. Because you know you've sat at the front of that college putting up with. All the shit kids. I've got a confession to make, actually. Um, basically, there was a rumour going around the college when we were there that you are a martial arts 
Yes, I do have Bad a, motherfucker. I do have a black belt in karate, yes. Yes! <laughs> the rumours are true. So basically, I don't know if you remember this, but I can't remember if it was Cole May or Adam Biggin that helped me <laughs> formulate this master plan. Adam Biggin, I remember, is the, is the one hitting... Yes, yeah, so, so basically, we, we kind of staged a fake <laughs> scrap in the library, right? And it was obviously ridiculously over-the-top rubbish. Uh, just to see if you would come fly kicking in, windmilling and kung fu in yeah. and, and karate chopping and stuff. Yeah. I mean, we like, didn't get that reaction. I think no. you just had a huge go at us, <laughs> just to be just to be quiet. And I, doing. Yeah, only the drama kids would come up with yeah. that stupid plan. Like nobody else in the college would come up with that, no. but we would, and we did. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, we didn't get the the reaction we got uh, we wanted, but. Um, so I apologise <laughs> now, but it we was it, it was asked. hilariously funny. We could have just asked you, but you know, it was obviously it was set up. I just didn't know why you were doing the setup. Because I think Adam. Was well, we weren't very good actors at was the time. Adam, Adam was saying, "Oh, it's for a project." Really? Yeah. Actually, actually, now you say that, pretty much every time we got into trouble. It w- uh, that was our go-to, yeah. like yeah, no, yeah. Uh, we're researching a role. Yeah. Uh, it's for a project. I remember the uh, yeah. the the video project they made us do, and I, and we just basically recorded our version of like Jackass, it was Jackass wasn't Trigger it? Happy TV yeah. shit, and basically got failed. <laughs> why why did you do our oh, project? Project. <laughs> but yeah, um, so you must have other than that day, you must have seen some some stuff at that desk. Well, there was some weird th- thing, things happening. I don't know whether. That probably topped it as the, the, the most kind of unusual thing, thing, as it were. There were people throwing snowballs around and various other, other kind of... What do you think did, you're well, doing? Did you get snowballed at the desk? Yeah, well, no, well, <laughs> there was some, somebody was pelting one of the windows with snowballs, so it, it would go... Doomph. <laughs> because really, we're all seven. But there is a man at the desk, and it's snowing. You know, yeah. someone's got to, someone's got to get the snowball. Yeah. So, um, Westminster Libraries. Then, so what made was it just the commute that made you change? Or? Oh yeah, yeah. I've been doing it for fourteen years, and it was kind of like because Braintree train service isn't great, so I'd be taking a six forty-seven train in the morning, Ugh. and sometimes not getting back to ten o'clock at night. It's kind of like my body was going. I just can't do this anymore. I've been doing it for 14 years. and Well, even with all the karate training. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really help, help you when you're kind of get, coming back at 10 o'clock <coughs> at night and, and sticking something in the mi- microwave, eat, eating quickly, going to sleep, waking yeah. up at six, 6 in the morning and, and going in again. It's kind of... And especially when you're going somewhere that's very quiet. Mm. So you can't even, can't even like, have a chat yeah. <laughs> wake up again. So uh, that was so the commute was the main reason for, yeah, for being yeah. there. Yeah, so converting to college where I could just walk to work and walk back again. It's kind of like, so a much, no-brainer. Yeah, it was so much easier. So were you there, because obviously the college uh, recently, unfortunately, closed and it's yeah. now being changed into houses or something, yeah. I'm no, guessing. I, I, I left, were you there till the end? Or? No, I, I left, left before the end. The management there wasn't particularly conducive to... A good working environment, and they cut a lot of the what they call level three courses. That's all the A levels and all those kind of, kind of, kind of courses, and the similar ones. And it was getting more like we're just warehousing students who were just paying, 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 paying the, the fees, as it were, were getting the college some money, but not really you know, mm. keeping them off the streets, as it were. It's kind of like I wasn't education. I want to be in for the education, not sure. not, not for kind of like keeping students off the streets, as it were. Uh, 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 like this is a bit of a. Look at me, status, or look at us. Oh, that's but, um, but but um, I I don't know if you got the same vibe, but I found that the years, obviously because we were there, but the the years we were there and l- looking and knowing the previous years to us, I felt like we 
were at quite the peak of um, enthusiasm. Infused, I'm not. I don't want to say the word like talent because that's not what I mean. <laughs> I mean like, enthusiasm, like people, like Wanting good, good, uh, good um, groups of mm -hmm. good people, good stuff, but yeah. you know, good, good students for whatever you yeah. know. And uh, and I, I found after we left, and you know, you for the few years after, you'd always kind of support the mm -hmm. people coming up, mm -hmm. doing the shows and stuff. And like I found it just was just. It's losing just, something yeah. that's, started that's, to sort of ebb away and yeah. lose that sort of vivacity. And the, yeah, and then like, then you hear like, oh, now this building shut and now this mm -hmm. course has stopped mm -hmm. and yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was obviously on, on the yeah, on the way up. Maybe we just wrecked it. Oh, that is, yeah, that's <laughs> not going anywhere. Yeah, anyway. That's possible, especially when they run around the library like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, so that 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 so was that the, the main reason to go? Obviously, yeah, the education. Saying, it, was, it was it was the performing art, art students were, were, were great, great. Always always like working with those. And there was something called the access students, who were the the older adults who were coming back into education, wanting to wanting to get a degree, but you needed to kind of have a, a kind of precursor qualification. Yep. There were some people who were kind of had been seventeen year old mums and work, work whatever, and were forced out of, or kind of dropped out of education, and one kind of thing. No, I want this. And those were the best students. They they really wanted to learn, and that, that, and they were open to be learning about anything and every everything. And that was what I enjoyed. It was brilliant. And again, as performing arts students, again, they were on particular courses. <coughs> again, they, they were open to learning lots of thi thi things. Yeah. <coughs> I imagine it'd be quite karate. Hard. I imagine it'd be quite hard for um, in performing arts in particular for an adult over thirty, you know, forty, whatever, to to make that choice to want to go and do it again, but have to do that particular study with sixteen, seventeen, eighteen year old people like I was. <laughs> like, I don't think that would be quite quite a, that would be quite a tough thing to, to put one up with. The, one of the things I, uh, there was somebody I don't know if you knew called Miles Scrivener, one of the, the the senior tutors there. There, I'm not sure. Oh, Scrivener rings a bell there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah oh, that's Sam's main script. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're two very different things. Well, like me, Bob Balding as well. well but he was, 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 was a he was a Welsh per, uh, person there, and him and myself were roped in to do um, Under Milk Wood. Oh, nice. Because they basically standard thing thing with performing arts at Brain, Brain Street, probably across the whole country is. Loads and loads of, of girl, girls wanting to do all, all kinds of things. Very few blokes wanting wanting mm -hmm. to do, do it. Brilliant, so wasn't we, it? So we, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially so quite quite a lot, lot of the blokes who did want to do it were gay as well. So yeah. Even better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so opening up your options even more. But so they they had a. Opening up was definitely a word used a lot around, <laughs> <laughs> around our years. <laughs> it's one of those things that has a kind of 50-50 split of, of female and male roles. So it's kind of like, well, we've got lots of females to doing, doing the roles, but we need some males in. And say, because Miles was Welsh and, and Milkwood is a Welsh, Welsh play, he, he, he volunteered and I, I joined in as well. as. How did it go? Did you get your stand innovation? Um, well, I had, again, it's just a little role, dye bread. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing for breakfast. No time for breakfast. There's lovely. Oh, Still knows the script. Oh, that's beautiful, that is. <laughs> I could listen to that all night. I could. The only, the only Welsh um, I do is the, uh, like, you know, you've got to get some cock, David. You know, <laughs> <laughs> of, 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 uh, I don't know what you mean. I'm the only gay in the village. <laughs> yeah, well. um, I've just got a little uh, couple of things that have just come in on the old uh, comment section Oh, go on here. then, yeah. I'll keep forgetting um, I got that. The guest on this episode of The Toast Chain looks like the brother of Andrew Locke from Help My Business online TV show with Andrew Locke. Um, we'll have to investigate that. I, I think 
Oh no, he's the like the money expert. He get you out of debt oh, guy on this morning or something. Is it? I, think. I don't know. We'll have to Google that. I'll have to Google that. To and and break. second of all, um, could you maybe turn his mic up a little bit? Sure. I reckon if he leant forward, yeah, that would yeah, make my life. There he goes. Yeah, that's a few comments I've heard back here on the old uh, WhatsApp. Oh, okay, lovely. At least your mic's now. Your mic's working. (laughs) Back off that, mother. All the times in libraries, so do have a quiet voice. No worries, you're officially cranked. All right. Cool. Ah, no, we've been corrected. No, no, no. Thank you, Martin, by the way. Uh, You're talking about Martin Lewis. Martin, uh, Martin Lewis is different, great, so expert, different yes. guy, different guy. So yeah, Andrew Locke apparently. Right, we'll have to give him a Google. I tell you what, that's a good chance for us to to, to jump. To jump. I'm going to start again. Do, 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 do. That is a good chance for us to jump to some music um, while we look that up. So our first special guest, uh, Adam. Who we got? Right, as you guys have got all the bios uh, oh. today, um, I'm just going to give you the name Stephen Kelly, and you can carry on from there. Fair enough. I've got to scroll down and find that. Okay, so uh, Stee Kelly, S-T-E Kelly, is an IMRO award-winning nominated songwriter hailing from Dublin, Ireland, known for his previous work as founder and lead uh, vocalist of Irish rock indie favourites Raglan's, uh, who have toured and released uh, Stee's songs to universal acclaim at home and abroad. The Raglan self-titled debut album at number five on the Irish charts. Stephen has toured alongside the Liberty, the, the Libertines, Hyam, uh, where are we? The Frey and Twin Atlantic and the Pokes, awesome. to name a few. Uh, Steve's songs have been used in partnership with major brands including Mitsubishi, Cause Light, BBC, Sabutica, never heard of that, uh, and Irish uh, Ferries. Just Irish Ferries, just yeah, all of them. Just all of the ferries. Um, Amy. Stephen has released music through the international... <laughs> this, is, this is seamless. This, this is, is beautiful. Good stuff. Um, released music through international record labels, including Faction, IRL, um, Motor Music, Fierce Panda, love that, and Gentleman Recordings. Cool. His debut solo album, Bad News, Best Forgotten, is scheduled for release in March 22 via Gentleman Records, NL. Uh, here's... Uh, Here's, oh, what has his, he written here? I missed off an S when oh, I was writing no. the bio. Sorry. Here's his, his song, Simpatico. And if you love what you hear here, you can go to uh, at S-T-E-K-E-L-L-Y music. Enjoy. <laughs> Yeah, parking up the right. 
Bravo, bravo. Very gentlemanly music. Yes, that was S T E K E L L Y music. That's obviously not how you pronounce it. It's probably Steve Kelly. But let you know, just give you the spelling there for the Instagram. But while, welcome back. While we were while we were just having that musical break, I took a moment to uh, Google Andrew Locke, and hopefully we're going to try and put a picture up of the two of them side by side. <laughs> and yes, Martin, you're absolutely right. That's a glorious find. I think it, you can at least bang it in the comments I'm on gonna, Facebook. Yeah, can't you? I'm going to try and do that from my brain to my phone. Maybe to maybe laptop. not right now though. Um, so, um, for those who don't know, uh, Michael Murcott uh, is quite the enthusiast, uh, as we said earlier, of, of space, things covering from black holes, star formations, the prospect of life on other planets, and space exploration. So, mm-hmm. I have a feeling this is going to be one hell of a rabbit hole we're All about right. to jump into. Go for it, yes. Uh, but let's do this. So, um, tell us everything about space. <laughs> where, where would you like to start? You're talking about um, colonising other, uh, other planets. Yes. Elon what? Musk is 100% going to live on the moon one day, isn't he? Um, I think like, he already bloody like, lives there, yeah, mate. He, he's certainly on a different planet. Probably the best shot is actually settling on Mars rather than the moon. And Yes, but that's... that's um, I've totally lost where I was going to go. No, but no, they're, they're, yeah, because is it something like the you can turn... You can get water somehow, yeah. isn't it? That's the the, the key, yeah. thi- key thing for, for any right. kind of set- settlement is, is water. And we know for certain there is polar ice on Mars. So, And you can, from the ice, you can split the ice into hydrogen and oxygen. And from that, you've got rocket fuel. Ah. And the advantage... So of, you can get home again. Well, yeah, you can get home again. But also the advantage is both Mars and the Moon have got less gravity than Earth. A lot of the problem with launching a rocket into space is the fact that basically the gravity is pulling you all, all, all the way back down again. So if you can actually go to Mars, set up a settlement, kind of mining the water, as it were, you can then have a rocket that's a lot easier to get in space. You can build a bigger spaceship. Sure. So, so that's kind of the yeah. almost like a refuge. This is why, why they, they say, say what we need is a jumping off point for further space exploration and why Mars or the moon might be that point, even though you basically... you only just getting into space because you're talking about um, Proxima Centauri which is our, our nearest star that we can get it. So there's three stars that's why they call Alpha Centauri Proxima Centauri right, so one, okay. one that's just, just a little bit closer to it but it's three stars kind of in a star system rather than one star like we we have um, but that's well, sorry I've got the notes down it makes sure I get I love it. your note he's yeah. got a notepad down there loving that he's, he's got, only got a few we words, need that name. that's 4.2 light years away approximately which is a very massive distance for us to go. Basically, that's got, not the commute you want to make to the library in that place. Yeah, is no. it? <laughs> Basically, we've got Voyager one, which I think left in 1977. They did that kind of tour around all, all the planets. That isn't yet a light day away. It's only, basically, it takes light light about 22 hours to reach Voyager one, and we're talking about something where where the light light takes for years to reach. Mm. So. With current current rockets and current power, we aren't going to make make it to the, the stars, no. even if we have a generational ship. But that that goes that leads. I mean, I, I want to stay on this for a minute, yeah. but like, that does lead me over a little bit to folding space to uh, to, to to jump this, light years. This is this is the kind of thing. There are lots of potential technologies which might exist or might not because we we don't know yet. We haven't done enough. Whether you can have wormholes or all that kind kind of, kind of thing, uh, or whether you stick with some other kind of more more kind of predictable drive. There's something called an ion drive. Basically, because rockets, 
rockets work on the kind of the thrust <clears throat> basically the more you chuck out the back and the faster it chuck, you, you chuck it out mm -hmm. the faster your rocket goes in the opposite direction but you can have something called an ion drive which is rather than chucking out masses of stuff relatively slowly puts puts out a single particle at nearly the speed of light so is that what they use in the collider that kind of thing yeah, bas bas basically, yeah. yeah. They're, they're accelerating uh, particles to near the speed of speed of light, but they're not actually using that to thrust it any anywhere. But you can you can put it on on um, a rocket or an ion drive ro rocket, and it produces not much thrust, but a little thrust on a very regular basis. Because you're only using ions, you don't need a kind of big rocket with with huge amount of uh, of storage space for all the hydrogen and oxygen. Yeah, you can just use kind of little ions and fire those off. So you get a very slow, gentle acceleration, but it can keep you going for much longer. So you could possibly get nearer to the speed of light with an ion drive than you would with a kind of a rocket drive. Because with a rocket drive, you yeah. But even still, though, the, the amount of light years, as you say, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, it would well, be... The, the yeah. other, other thing is, once you've actually got it going, the problem is you can't be going near the speed of light when you reach um, the, st the star. What you've got to do is have some way of turning turning the thing around and slowing it down. The last thing you want to be doing is going near the speed of light towards your target. We're nearly there, we're nearly there, we're here. Yeah. <laughs> we say, if you, if you stop at the planet, you crash into it and you, you, you're dead, you yeah. obliterate it. And you want, you want a nice kind of soft landing. As, again, going back to Mars, that's why you have these kind of parachutes and, uh, on, on things for the landers. They're all desperately trying to slow the thing down because the last thing you want to do is impact. You know, we've created a new impact crater on Mars. Mm. That's really yeah, not, that was our fault. Yeah, yeah that's really not, not, not a lot of use by, by doing something like so, that. So I did have this wild idea years mm. ago. That, that Obviously, it's ridiculous. But like if you could <coughs> colonise uh, a, a ship of some sort, you know, with, yeah. with enough humans that it's that not you, inbreeding, yeah. then, like, you know, you could well, send yeah. it on its way that's and, and keep... Yeah. What they call a generational ship. Yeah, so that's, that's what they yeah. were. That's the that was their big idea. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's rubbish for I don't fancy that guy. Well, he's the match. Yeah. You know, that's the one. But like in th the theory, the, though, th like... the theory's there. So long as you, you but you'd need over a hundred people. To, and to and it needs to be far enough away um, related. And obviously, you'd want yeah. a, you'd want a mix well, a so mix that, of uh, backgrounds. You know, you wouldn't you, want so all the one race. You want hundred people so that you don't get uh, any genetic pro problems, as, as as you say, you're, you're inbreeding. But it even well, it's more so like some people die well, young, yeah, some yeah. people have this yeah. disease. Obviously, they'll have to vet everyone and be superhumans yeah. and all that. But Yeah, there's that one. But once you're talking about 100 people, that's 100 people needing water and 100 people needing food and all, all, all these kind of things. Mm. And that, make, that makes the ship even bigger. And also, it, yeah, because you, you'd have to... You have to shield it. GM food the hell out of it, wouldn't you? No, it'd have to be yeah. <laughs> like just packets um, of... You have to also shield it from radiation, that kind of thing. But because our, our atmosphere is really nice at protecting us. But once you're actually into space, there's, there's all the, the solar radiation, and it goes out an awful long way into space. So mm. basically, if, if the ship isn't protected, you're going to cook everybody on board. And also, the astronauts, even on the space stations now, they actually, if they don't work out enough they actually like your bone mass yeah. Yeah. shrinks doesn't yeah. it or something like that or, or you yeah, basically because you you wither away essentially the pro problem there there is that they what called zero g but it's, it's apparent zero g because they're orbiting around around the planet basically that everything's falling to earth at the same speed so basically but they're also missing the earth so they never actually impact the earth as you get in, into space, you're, you're not actually in zero G because the, the, the sun and other planetary bodies are actually still pulling you in a bit. So, so you will lose some muscle mass, but it's not as bad as when you're orbiting a planet. 
because basically there yeah it's why you, you, you float around because there's no because you're all falling at the same time there's no gravity pulling mm -hmm. you down because every gravity's pulling everything down like when the, you're in free fall in a parachute dive, you're going, oh, I'm done. Until you can actually see the earth coming up towards you, you've got no idea yeah. what kind of speed you're going. So, so let's say this this colonized ship mm -hmm. one day one day does, you know, oh look, there is a planet there, Whee! you know, but it's only taken whatever amount of generations to, yeah. to get here. Um, you know, w once they're there, obviously they've, if they want to land there, they've got to hope that whatever potentially hospitable place this is they would have will, will a let them land yeah, yeah. <laughs> b not shoot them down before they've got there because we'll be the aliens now yeah, that's it yeah. you know you'd had done some kind of survey uh, of of, the, of your target zone beforehand so that, yeah. and that's going to take take ages to get out there but there is something something um called radiotropic fungi okay he sounds nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> basically, there's the, the same kind of fungi they've, they've found growing in, in Chernobyl. So basically, most things need solar radiation. So basically, light to photosynthesize. That's where we basic basic unit of food is is that. So all our plants, even our animals, eat the plants. So they're, they're all based upon solar radiation of light. But it's not radiation as we know it that you know well, the, 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 the skeleton grow two heads out of you and stuff. Electromagnetic like that, yeah. radiation is is part of that kind of spectrum, but the um, light is just a very limited part of that spectrum. The, these fungi grow on the the radiation you find find in space, so you could potentially breed this uh, uh, fungi to grow in space in in the rockets. You don't need you don't need to have have a, a light illuminating everything because then again that's if you have light you need more power. Again, more power. You need more spa bigger spaceship. So sure. it's it's one of those things of the more things you need, the bigger it tends tends to get. But, but, but as with, with Mars, though, like you know, you're saying they've got like they can harvest the water if you like, because mm -hmm. obviously they've the the hydro engine is when I mean, it's been invented for years, isn't it? But they've kept that squashed with all fuel fuel people and stuff like that. You know, lots of assassinations and stuff. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. But that, um, that and the fact it's well dangerous yeah. if you get it wrong. Yeah, but like what I'm saying is the technology's there. For say things like Mars, so if you even if you, they found a Mars where it's like oh bloody hell, there's nothing here. I thought there'd be at least another Earth with Tesco's on it or something. <laughs> uh, but you know, there, there's there's going to be some way of harvesting yeah. whatever they discover because essentially there's going to. I imagine there would be a few new elements and things like that that's not been figured out. But I guess if if they're in space, then they're going to have certain qualities of, of matter, if you like, that, that we're going to be familiar with in some way well, to all, be a planet or a thing yeah, at all. All, all the, basically, we know what, what all, all the elements are. There aren't any kind of mystery new elements to be, be discovered. The periodic table is basically, we know what, what's the, all, all there. Basically, as you get further up the, the periodic table to the elements, basically, uh, atomic numbers of 100 or, or more, basically, these are unstable. They break apart very easily. So all the all the kind of stable things like the, your carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen, all, all that kind of thing, we all know about the, the, those ones. And the, there isn't going to be kind of any new kind of magic new new um, chemical that we're just going to come across this planet and oh, it's got X material or whatever. They, they find a new metal or something. Yeah, now what, and again. What are they, they, these but... are kind of compact compounds and, and, and things rather than yeah. they're not new elements. They're, they're... Nothing that we'd call alien. No, if you no, like. yeah. basically everything we've got on Earth, you can you can make 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 anything out, out of it's just kind of how rare is one one of these things you know it, like the the what they call the rare earth elements which they're using for a lot, lot of the um 
electronics and th- things now nowadays. Right, all the all the phones, a lot of the stuff's in China, and they're kind of desperately trying to seek for new sources of rare earth e- elements. Um, but they, those will be will be on other planets, but it all depends on the numbers. And again, that comes back to to linking up with other things. It's the stars again. again. So based so based on that, then so. Mm-hmm. You know, like obviously, we as human beings love to fantasize about mm-hmm. aliens and yeah. big green heads and yeah. all you know all that sort of stuff. Do you think, with that said, then that the likeliness of something being way out there in the in its form, you know, creature-wise or or environments that it can survive that we can't, and things like that, based on the periodic table and what we can predict is out there. Do you think the likeliness of some sort of thing that can live in the middle of the oceans of jupiter or whatever it's just not even worth um, thinking about well, he has a question yeah, well i'm um, my question to you is are you talking about like a sentient being yeah, or yeah. are you talking about base level well I'm, maybe not anywhere in between i, I, yeah. I guess for fantasy's sake it's something that can like go hello yeah, well, i'm an alien or, it, yeah. or whatever yeah, but like obviously environments are environments and yeah. and, and, and you know they're even on Earth, you know, there's certain fish or whatever that can live down there, and there's certain birds that can live up there, and you know, whatnot. There's obviously a, a spectrum there, but mm-hmm. what I'm getting at is if um, if the periodic table kind of dictates a little bit of mm-hmm. what can and can't be. Also, but you know, there's also a thing. Earth history dictates a lot of what our life is like. Basically, there was, there was kind of limited sources for for life on Earth, and a, a new planet could have. Any kind of way, what they call the primordial soup, basically where the amino acids kind of naturally formed and started bonding together and broke apart and formed again. We don't know how that actually happened and the circumstances it might happen on another planet and whether they'd use uh, DNA or some other uh, element for, for recombining th- things and whether you use, because we're p- carbon-based life forms, it's possible you could use lithium or some other other chemical. Carbon's n- carbon, hydrogen and oxygen are nice because they react with water and you can build up nice long, long chemical s- uh, strings and that makes advanced life possible. But you can get um, some um, one of these little things called tardigrades. I don't know if you've heard that. I'm familiar with tardigrades, <laughs> actually. Well, because... well, also known as water, be- water bears. Basically, these have, have really s- strong survival th- things. But you can actually... Ha- tardigrades will survive in the vacuum of space. Which is how Discovery <laughs> got to season four. <laughs> okay, I've not seen that. But, um, it's not out yet. It's just so, been pulled. So explain, pulled, is, this, is, is this like a... It's a... It's a m- Tiny, tiny organism. A living thing? A bit like a fungus. Yeah. Okay, fine. It's, it, it, it's a kind of eight-legged eight leg, eight bear. It looks oh, right, so it's actually like a... Well, no, hello! No, like... Yeah, but it, it looks like an eight-legged bear, but it's microscopic in, yeah. in, in, in size so, and lives tiny in water, bear. water, hence why it's a water bear, because it, gotcha. it, it looks like it looks a vaguely like a bear, but it will... But it's something called OU20, which is the Open University O20, which is a... Uh, a, a fungus again, which also can su- survive in the vacuum of space, and there may be other th- other things. Is it dormant while it's there and then yeah, yeah, springs ba- to life yeah, yeah, again? Ba- ba- yeah. yeah, it does. Doesn't live in space. It, it can it, yeah. survive in yeah. space. It basically can survive the thing. So it's possible there could be quite a few things that could survive, as you say, in hostile environments. Like the regard- cockroach can live yeah. in like the nuclear fallout. What we would regard, regard as hostile environment, some other alien life form may be able to survive, may even prosper and thrive, thrive in those, those kind of things. There are, um, again, bacteria which will can just live on eating rocks. Yeah, 
So sort it, my diet. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you, you Rock wouldn't cakes. get, but you wouldn't get advanced. <coughs> you, you wouldn't get advanced life life forms like that. You're, you, again, you question about intelligent life form because basically the energy you get from eating rocks is minimal. So you basically you have a bacteria which can't move much or whatever, can't do it, do anything. Much. And I bet they don't get charged for it either. <laughs> I, I bet, you know, they don't go to the rock checkout. Boop, you know, like just buy a bit. But um, I, I have, we're going to go to another musical act in a second. Okay. But, um, and then, before you I, do that. Oh, sorry, Ed, go on. Before you do that, can you just admire this screen? Love it, oh. yes. So here, ladies and gentlemen, thank you to Martin, who, uh, if you're just joining us, has come in and said that our <coughs> fabulous guest, Michael, this evening, looks like the brother of Andrew Locke, who has um, a, a TV show, which we will link in here, because we're just nice like that. And yes, and I think you're absolutely right, Martin. You have uh, you hit the nail on the head there. When we come back from our musical break, uh, we have a fantastic question from uh, the comment section which we can hit up okay um now just before i just want to I, I watched the film titan the other day i don't know if you've heard of it it's a quite a new one right, and no. basically there's um a star or a moon i can't remember which mm -hmm. it must be a moon obviously yeah. uh f that goes around jupiter yeah titan titan yeah. is, is a moon around jupiter fine yeah. so basically in the film yeah. they Earth's going to shit as it is yeah. now. Fossil fuels all gone, all that stuff. Riots and everything's got on the, on its ass. Uh, and they discover, obviously, this is total fiction, yeah. but um, they discover that they could potentially augment a man or some men uh, to be able to live in the conditions on Titan to then to then uh, build Titan. there and 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 Titan turn is it around. One of, one is of... that bollocks? No. <laughs> That's the question. It's, it's not. It's not brilliant. But it's not awesome. Not but it's kind of halfway in between. Titan is one of those like like the Moon and, the, and Mars. Titan is kind of like the, the third best option, as it were, in our solar system for supporting life. What second then? Well, the, the, uh, my my order would be Mars, Moon. Uh, ty Titan. Okay. Titan is very, very far away. Yeah, it's I mean, also very, but... very cold. Yeah, <laughs> which like, is a major problem. But with yeah, Mars, yeah. obviously, like you said, you have got the benefit of uh, harvesting. The fuel, but yeah. moon. What's on the moon? A well, flag, just a, or two flags. Yeah, well, again, again there, there may be water underneath the surface of the moon, oh, yeah. but it's not uh. on, not on, not on the, not on the surface. Not as re readily available as it is on on Mars. And again, the moon is kind of slightly within the Earth's atmospheric shell. Basically, we think about our atmosphere kind of fading as it goes out, but it actually does stretch just beyond the moon. So, the, although so you say, still have to weigh a factor fifty. Well, no. Although, although they say, say the moon doesn't have any atmosphere, it doesn't have any atmosphere. Well, that's why they can walk on it, right? No, no. <laughs> oh, that's gravity. Yeah, I'm that's getting gravity. way well lost now. So. But basically, the moon shares a part of the Earth's atmosphere. So, okay. but, it, but it's not enough to breathe, not enough to, to survive, or what, one of that kind of thing. Does it, does it worry you though that with the word harvest that? Eventually, you know, eventually they're just going to run out of that as well. They're going to well, drain, bleed that dry, and then they're going to use yeah. the Mars hydro engine instead. Well, again, we, we, we're kind of like parasites, parasites inhabiting the Earth. You well, could, you could, yeah, we don't just... have a great track record, no. do no. we? Because, I mean, the, a lot of the argument is why on Earth would why we spend... Hey. Hey. Why on Earth would we spend so much of our resources and finance um, trying to colonise another planet when, when all of that money, yeah. literally <coughs> all of that money, could cure our problems here? Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. that's the, big, that's the yeah. big space argument. But mm. we can come back to that. We have a fantastic question from our comments section and uh, I think we're going to have some new music now, aren't sure we? Sure thing. So I believe uh, Magic Nine, right? 
Okay, so next up we've got Johnny Kramer and Seb Phillips, uh, who are two members from the band Magic Nine, a fantastic crew. Uh, uh, that's that's a, a group of people uh, from Geneva in Wisconsin. Here's their song, Suddenly, which has a major Americana vibe, so I listened to this earlier. So you can catch them on YouTube and on Facebook at The Magic Nine. Enjoy.
Oh, Lovely. Yes. Have a bit of that. Loving the multi-camera action there. Yeah, love a lockdown vid. Fantastic. So if, if you've loved any of the bands or the acts that are in the show, so I don't know which camera I'm looking at. I'm going to pick that one. Three. That one. Uh, if you loved any of the uh, the bands or the acts that were in the show, uh, please do give them a like, give them some love, you know, because it's uh, it takes a lot for them to record it in the first place. And, uh, you know, it's lovely that you guys can listen to it. So give them a like and give them some support. But we are back now with Michael Murcott and we're talking all things awesome tonight. <laughs> uh, we've covered, well, we've covered uh, stretching time. We've covered colonising ships and hopefully not inbreeding, <laughs> um, landing on planets, uh, changing water into rocket fuel, the lot. I mean, there's more to it than that. But um, And we were just about to go deeper down the rabbit hole. So someone had a question. Mind. We've got a couple of massively awesome questions here. Right. If we crack nuclear fusion, mm-hmm. isn't that supposed to be a mini sun, basically? Uh-huh. So couldn't that be used for photosynthesis? Well, this is what I'm coming, coming around, talking start starfield f- f- formation. Basically, there's two types of nu- nuclear power. There's nuclear fusion and nuclear fission. But she's, I, I, I would have got points for that if I was a mastermind. <laughs> was I would like, have, me, yeah, to me, I knew me. that, I knew that. Um, so so the, the suns and other stars use nuclear fusion as this, their, their power source. And we have been hunting for what's known as cold fusion, which is ba- basically being able to bang out at- atoms together, fuse them together, release energy. But the sun, of course, use, uses enormous pressure to basically force the at- at- atoms together and also heat as, heat as well, which makes it g- kind of go properly. And that, in basic terms, the hydrogen gets fused into helium. Ooh. And as it does so, it releases energy. Right. I'm just glad for that whole sentence that we didn't hear Adam having a piss oh, uh, in the background. <laughs> Lucky he uh, forgot how to shut the door. <laughs> You're on the podcast pissing now, mate. Oh, God. Carry on. Right. We used to be classy. Um, yes. What happened? Right. Going, going back to this, um So basically, it's very, very difficult for us to create energy by nuclear fission. Because so, you need enormous pressures to actually uh, actually d- do that. So basically, the start start of the universe, there was b- basically virtually all hydrogen with a little bit of he- helium. And when the stars started to kind of coalesce and form together, they, the kind of the gravity pulled in all, all the hydrogen, and that then started the nuclear fission right at the heart at heart of the, the, these kind of new st- new stars to actually create the energy. And that's when they started to glow and produce n- nice lots of heat. And as as they produce more and more heat, they start burning burning up the um, hydrogen and converting it into helium. So it's not burning as we think of, you know, lighting a piece of wood. You don't need yeah. oxygen. It's purely the sun and other stars. They're purely driven by nuclear fission. Sorry, nuclear fusion, not nuclear right. fission. We ca- the power stations we have on Earth are driven by nuclear fission. So this is splitting up big atoms like uranium and plutonium and dividing them up into smaller atoms. And again, that releases energy. Now, there is a kind of a trade-off. So basically, you you can split... Sorry, you can fuse... I get, get splitting and fu- fusing. It messes me right, brain up. So you can fuse hydrogen together to produce energy. You can fuse helium to together to produce energy. And this is what, what the, the, the stars do. Our sun is a kind of a main-sequence main star, and eventually, once it's burned through all its hydrogen, we then start... Um, burning up the helium. Now, the problem there for us li- living on, on Earth, it probably won't happen for about five billion years, so don't have, don't have to worry. Earth, Earth will we can then, wait. Yeah. <laughs> Earth will then convert into what's known as a red giant. Basically, um, the heat that it's producing as it's, it starts to fuse helium 
is a lot more than just fusing hydrogen. So basically, the sun will start to heat up even more. Go for it. Question for is that when it goes supernova? No, no, no. We're coming. Come, 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 we're coming to that that bit. Um, so basically, it, so the sun then expands. So that's why you get a red giant, which is what the sun, sun will turn into. It's pretty bloody big already, isn't it? Uh, well, the pro- problem is the diameter of the red giant that the sun is likely to get into will be approximately the orbit path of Earth. Oh, nice. <laughs> so when when it starts... But, but, I mean, but, even halfway nearest, we're, we're knackered. Yeah, 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 yeah. But once it turns into a red giant, we, we're done. The planet, planet's done. <coughs> that's why we need to have moved to some, some other planet by then. Just just to be scary here, here yeah. how how kind of like likely is... Is it like a turning point where it can just start to happen? No, no, no. Or is, basically, it, basically, is it always it has, a slow yeah, development? It has to basically burn through all the hydrogen. As far as we know, it's, it's got at least 5 billion years gotcha. worth of hydrogen yeah, to, to go yeah. through. Yeah. The problem, again, coming but back... But you can't to, like, just, just trigger... No, like no, no. The, the, all these Panic things about, about the science fiction things, oh, we launch a, uh, launch a rocket rocket into into the sun and it suddenly, it suddenly blows up. You just can't do, yeah. do that. The, the, Bruce Willis can. Yeah, the, phys- the, physics, <laughs> the, the, physics, the physics just isn't there, there, there for that to ha- happen. And the other thing is, the larger the star is, and this is where it gets kind of counterintuitive, the larger the star is, the quicker it burns through the hydrogen. That makes sense. So basically, because yeah. you have more pressure and more, more, more so it reacts quicker. So basically, the, the hydrogen goes quicker. So big stars last for a very short length of time. Some relatively small stars, which is actually what our sun, sun is, last for billions and billions of years. So when we're looking for life on other planets around other stars, we want a nice old star because it takes a while for the life to develop and, and you get intelligent life and whatever. So you want a nice old little little mm. star. The word "old" is is a tricky one to say, yeah. though, isn't it? Because we, you know, if you look at just Earth's history and what we know, like when we talk about billions of years ago, this mm. dinosaurs that mm. that is big enough. Yeah. That for us to fathom yeah. them, isn't it? And yeah. then obviously you start talking about, and the, and, the, and the sun then was probably like, yeah, I'm a teenager at the minute. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, yeah. it's yeah. hard. It's hard to. Yeah, you know, uh, you, you're you're millions and billions. It's kind of ah, yeah, yeah. because uh, there. If you think of us, we think of dinosaurs as that was then. Yeah, and you know we know that we had the Cretaceous period, Jurassic period, and that. Mm-hmm. But then there are literally millions of years mm-hmm. or I could be wrong mm-hmm. I could have misread no, no. this there's a anyway there is a very 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 long period of time between when Stegosaurus was on earth and the bloody yeah. T-Rex we, was on we, earth. We, they but, never met no, but, but to go back to we, the disaster shit though like obviously the, then there's been a few events in that time where something has gone oh yeah, the, yeah. Oof, mm. wipe yeah. out at snowball earth of 300 million years the earth was basically one massive snowball so long and it was only the basically the pressure, all that ice, which basically created volcanoes, which burst through the ice and melt and, and mel- melted it. It was basically. But, but how? Before. Yeah. Uh, this is before, a good question. I know. I know. But, 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 but to be to, just quickly, uh, to be yeah. the same distance from the sun, how did the snow stay there and all that stuff? You know, yeah. like oh, if, we, if we're sort of orbiting the same thing, and we have a lovely sunny day, everyone gets the socks no, off. There was uh, basically you had different forms of life which produce oxygen or, or carbon dioxide which alter the atmosphere. Ah, uh, there we go. And that, that, but that basically then either raises the temperature or lowers the temperature of the Earth. And then that, you, be, you can then lock into a particular thing because once you've got the snowball there, there is very little life on Earth. That can change it. Yeah. Right. So go, going back to the question yep. before we do yep. the thing that oh, me and Rob always yeah. do. Yeah. So just to clarify, yeah. fusion, Yeah. why can't we use it for photosynthesis? 
Well, you basically you can't you can't do cold fusion. Basically, you, you can only do fusion in the heart of a sun or star. Okay. Because you, you we, need we you, don't have the capability to create well, that. Could, in theory, you force. could do it. Say you do hot hot fusion, but you can't do cold fusion. Basically, you need basically for hot fusion, you're putting in more energy than you're getting out. Okay. So what you the ideal thing is you want room temperature where you don't put any energy in and you just magically get get energy out from fusing. And you need you need the hydrogen, but that, that, that's not not the the big problem. The problem is that you can't you can't fuse it easily. They do, they just basically hydrogen doesn't want hydrogen wants to be hydrogen. It doesn't want it doesn't want to jo- join up to become helium. Okay, may I go with one more question? Please do. do. Okay, because I've so, only got silly ones. <laughs> did Mars once have an atmosphere, and is it theoretically possible to create another uh, extra points if oh. you can quote a film in which they did this? Almost certainly, Mars did have an atmosphere. The problem is that Mars is significantly smaller. Is it like Weatherspoons when you walk in? Floor <laughs> <Still> sticking. <laughs> Not sure about this place. The problem is that Mars is significantly <clears throat> smaller than Earth, so it didn't have a, a, a kind of a really hot core, core, which would create a kind of a, a magnetic um, thing, which would then create a kind of protection against the atmosphere being blown off by the solar winds. Okay. So basically. What atmosphere it did have, as Mars cooled down and lost its magnetism, the winds it just just knocked the solar winds just knocked it away, and that's what you left with. You wouldn't to have a. Bless you, mate. Have a drink. Take your time. To recreate a permanent Mars atmosphere, you would need to basically restart its magnetic field. And that's uh, that's not really going to be possible. Okay, well, th- this is this that's is going to cost you. Yeah, this is why they've asked <laughs> Will they, kick, the will they kick Mars like they do? They, they test your tires. What what yeah, you could sure do that. is kind of build a whole series of small greenhouses and have a kind of a stored atmosphere underneath the greenhouses. But again, um, was it um, Total Recall? Yeah, they, they puncture, yeah. Punct, puncture the skin and you're basically screwed. Screwed. Yeah, and also the Mars, the film. Yeah, yeah. Plus Arnie would. Yeah, save the day. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, you know. yeah. Going, going with the original Total Recall, yeah. not any kind of remake. <laughs> when the eyes from like, ah, I'm just laying on the surface. I must say, I did like that. Uh, if there's women with three boobs on there. Know, let's let's go. <laughs> <laughs> but um, right, Amy, did you have another question on the, on I the, do. Bonus point on the thread? Something. Um, I have not read this yet. So, um, excuse me. Uh, I have another question for today's guest. Other than the environmental issues, we mm. keep being told that we need to switch to nuclear fuel because eventually fossil fuels will run out. But how much fuel in terms of time do we have uh, to continue using energy produced by nuclear fuel? Right. Good question. As say, there's That's a, cold, a really, cold, really cold thing. good question. N- nuclear fuel isn't a renewable fuel. No. What it is, is it low carbon fuel. So basically you don't produce carbon dioxide, which is the thing that's doing the global global warming. So it's a it's kind of a nice interim measure, but it isn't a permanent solution. Mm-hmm. And also the problem with the nuclear power stations, they take 20 years to kind of design and build and do all the safety checks and whatever. So it, it's not something you can suddenly switch on oh, to. Yep. I, I feel yeah. like we can ask the same question here. And aren't they really, don't they, I, I could be wrong here. Yeah. This wouldn't be the first time. Aren't they actually not that good? Don't they? Um, don't and off they, the back of that question, is it true that they can't turn them off or something like that? Uh, depend, like, depends. Homer Simpson and did. Well, yeah. <laughs> they can be decommissioned, but again, it takes a, it, it, it's a lot, produce a lot of waste and it's, it, it's really awkward. And you're basically leaving the problem for the next generation to solve what to do Which with it. Which is the, the whole point so of So it literally is like a barrel to, in the bottom of the thing yeah, somewhere, yeah, in yeah, the whole concrete. 
Yeah. Um, so it, it, nuclear fuel could be potentially used as a stopgap, but the problem is it would take 20 years to get the stopgap up and running. So, and you're far better off ignoring nuclear power and going straight to your... Um, Renewables. Geothermal, wind, solar, solar all, all, all the ones we know about, and there's plenty of it. We can produce, with the amount of energy the Earth is getting, a hundred times more energy than we're currently using. On that subject, there's a uh, wind farm, uh, sorry, solar farm uh, plans going up in Braintree now. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe a friend of ours, uh, Elliot, um, near his land or whatever, mm-hmm. like all, all the fields and that, they're mm-hmm. going to be turning all the sort of surrounding fields in Braintree into solar farms. So you you for that against it? Yeah, yeah. I was say my my the one. I can I, just imagine a cow now yeah. with like a <laughs> solar panel on its back. You know, well, the one thing that I think is lots of. Good, good um, uses for, for renewables that are currently planned, but the one I think that's underused is what's known as geothermal energy. Basically, underneath the Earth, the Earth is actually quite warm, and a lot of that's due to the, like places like Cornwall has has um, granite, and the granite contains a lot of uranium, and this uranium is basically splitting up on its own and, and keeping the rocks warm. So you can actually pump liquid da- down to the rocks, heat it up, pump it back up, and you've got Virtually free, unlimited energy. Yep, go for it. Is that the same as... I know a lot of people now, hopefully more in the future, Mm -hmm. are starting to put in ground source heat pumps and that sort of thing. Is that a different thing altogether? It's it's a related thing, but it's similar. Basically, it's a a smaller version of of, of geothermal energy. Right, Yeah, Because that's rad. It is rad. Mm -hmm. Well, look, I would love... Um, to just keep going because I, I know I've just had so many questions, but we do need to eat some toast at some point. Right. Now, what what I love about tonight's episode in particular that we've gone into some real depth, you know, some some real clever stuff, and now we're about to just giggle over, it with o- over some toast toppings. About in fact, what is toast made of chemically? It's uh, ah, go on. If you burn it, it's carbon. Yes, sort of. There's, some, no. there's something called the everything. Ma- there's something called the Maillard reaction. Basically, there's most things have have sugars in them, but they also have amino acids. And basically, what you're do- doing that kind of browning effect is actually a chemical reaction bonding the amino acids to the what they call reduced su- sugars, and it basically bond, bond, bonds in it. And that's what makes kind of biscuits, toast, marshmallows, toasted toasted marshmallows, all those kind of things really taste really nice. The slight downside is there's a potential risk of cancer. Awesome. Yes, it's the carcinogenic. That, that's, that's it. Yeah. Exa- exactly. Yeah. Exactly the right word. Yeah. <laughs> so, does that, is that the case with um, like so, flame grilled and charcoal? So basically, grill and that the, stuff? The, if you over basically if you're burning some, some something rather than cooking it, um, you 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 increase your risk. But it's only Christ. a potential risk. So it hasn't. Hasn't yet been proved 100% that it will. It's it's a potential carcinogen. Well, let's hope that Michael doesn't burn the toast tonight. Um, yeah, that's but also rob off the old uh, chicken at the weekend. Isn't it? Yes, indeed. But uh, okay, so we're going to jump to another bit of music now, uh, and then we're going to see what Michael has bought us for tonight's toast. Uh, but before that, uh, let's have the Witch Kids. So the Witch Kids are a two-piece indie pop and rock band who write twisted love songs for awkward romantics, uh, which is the most accurate description I've ever read. Brackets. Um, Amy? Uh, Their incredible haunting themes are soft, beautiful and straight from the heart, so check out this amazing song, Carnival. If you like what you're about to hear, you can go to thewitchkids.co.uk or Twitter at witchkids, Instagram, thewitchkids. Enjoy. 
and trust the feeling up before the devil comes and takes you away. Do I, do I look stupid to you? Cause we all look stupid to me. So once again, uh, website, thewitchkids.co.uk, Twitter at witchkids, Instagram at thewitchkids. Go give them a like, go and give them some support. Uh, we're here tonight with Michael Murcott. We've been talking about some really, really cool space stuff uh, and really intellectual uh, garb. But uh, we're now going to go to really <laughs> stupid stuff that's more like me and Amy. Yeah, uh, And we're going to talk about toast and what goes on it. Uh, so, Michael, we've got some toast in the toaster toasting away right yeah. now. But, uh, drum roll, let's reveal... What you got? What well, we... I almost went with Heinz sandwich spread. <gasps> almost school. went with it, almost, which is going to be better than that. Well, no, 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 no. Because the problem with that is it does have egg in the kind of the salad cream that's in it. So I wasn't wasn't sure whether whether Amy would be o- 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 okay. Amy's basically ruined this show because <laughs> we can't eat anything fun. No offense. And I know you, I know you've got lemon curd and, and that kind of thing for it. So I, you probably had something similar to this before. I'm I'm, I'm going with a a marmalade. Ooh, oh, I love a marmalade. but this is a. Uh, 
Taste the difference, Sainsbury's bitter Seville orange marmalade. Oh, mm. get it's in! Really, it, really, it, it really has a kind of powerful tang to, to I love it. Another tang. So it gives you a bit, bit of a, an edge when when it goes down. Lovely. Oh. So very, very I, I saw you walking earlier with with the big go. bag. Yeah. And I was waiting for the big reveal, <laughs> yeah. and then a tiny pot came out. Right. Okay. Don't burn yourself. So yeah. Health and safety. Yeah. We don't have oh. any. Yep. Oh. oh, and this is a granary loaf. I'll yeah. Switch yeah. it up tonight. Vibe in the granary loaf. So so that's the right amount of char. I believe is that that looks like a good bit of toast. That yeah, that's pretty good. My my normal toast for that would be slightly less less char- charred than that. Less carbon. Less, less, less carbon, carbon based. So uh, Michael, as you as you spread this beautiful, yeah. you can move the plate over if you want. I was, so. <laughs> I was trying, trying, trying to not hit the mic as yeah, it were. Right, just chuck it out of the way if you want to. Um, so is this something you'll eat all the time? Is oh, this... I, well, I, I will 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 eat it quite quite often. Yes. Um, Obviously, you don't drink, so you don't come home drunk and, and like. No, no, no. Basically, Amy in the Amy and I in the past would come home drunk and obviously like, what can we eat? Put on the toast. And like, like an entire loaf yeah, of bread. Yeah, and then uh, obviously you're you're coming home sober, so you don't, don't necessarily get the the cravings for the for the no, midnight snack. No. But um, so what what's so what's made you lean towards marmalade? You know, what other... well, it's, just, it's it's just a nice fruity and just tastes nice. It, it really kind of it's kind of and it wakes you up if you if you're feeling feeling sleepy. Have some 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 kind of sharp Seville marmalade and you kind of I'm alert now. Yeah, there, there's other stuff for All that. All we need to do is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yes. yes. One of which is alcohol. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Backstage at any That's what you call soporific. Whoa. Whoa. Another nice big word. big word, word for, for. So what's the uh, what's the chemical compound of a marmalade? From Sainsbury's. I don't know whether there actually is a single chemical compound. I just wanted to sound clever. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just to make up. Because basically, it's it. Lots of plant ingredients in, in there. So, um, oh, oh. me fingers. So, <laughs> in fact, Michael, why don't you cut cut yourself a slice first yeah, before you pass that. it over, and then there you uh, go. this is but, already going to be uh, ten out of ten. I've, I've, so. I've fingered it already. Yeah, so, so. <laughs> Said the vicar. <laughs> so, supposed to be to the actress to the bishop. Well, you know, <laughs> with Amy's bum in my face, I can't, can't say anything like that. So, um, so for the people of the podcast, uh, we are being presented with slices of marmalade. Not just any marmalade, though. What was it, Michael? It's Sainsbury's Taste the Difference Seville Marmalade. On granary bread. Um, Adam, come over and get a slice, mate. Oh, God, that's so good. So, yeah, I'm not normally a fan of almonds, but this is really good. Yeah. Mm. So, I'm normally a jam guy, but I'll, I'll eat that. The standard two questions then: crispiness. Yep. Little good. too crisp. I, I, it's good for me. The crisp is good. Maybe a little overdone mm. in the toaster. Sure. I think the dial might have got knocked because usually we have it spot on. Mm. Uh. Also, I think granary does tend to uh. go quicker. Carbonized. Mm. Is that a word? Yeah. And <laughs> I'm then, I'm if not, it. it is now. The next question then is scores. What are we going to give this one out of ten? Well. There's a bit of lemony taste to it as well. Mm. Oh, it's so good. There. I'm, I'm not sure of all... I didn't check the... Check the or is it just the zesty miracle we call it an orange? Oh, the way, they're really good. Zesty <laughs> miracle. I love I'm not, um, I'm, I'm, I've got me. I've not really eaten much marmalade in my life. <laughs> just because just, just, I probably don't like it. One of those mm-hmm. reasons, but I'm in. Absolutely I'm down. love it. Do you want Absolutely. me to bring you over your slice? Uh, so I'll grab it in the next oh, break. Oh. It's all good. Mm-mm. Congratulations, yeah. Michael. That mm-hmm. was superb. What are we going to score, it's Michael, a high score. out of ten? It's a high score. I mean, would you normally butter it? Or if you go no, straight no, on? No, no. When I'm having to... Because then you, you mix up the butter and it... Uh, me- that's two points yeah. minus. Can't have a cocktail. Me. I love mixing anything. I, I will, I, what I will do is have buttered toast. Just just buttered toast on, 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 on its Real own. Real butter? Oh. 
Or like <clears throat> no, no, it, it tends to be one of those can't believe it type type, yeah. type things. You'd think it's butter. <coughs> cool. Uh, I'm going to give that a solid seven. Solid nice. seven. I would. I'd give that a seven. Uh, if there was some sort of veggie friendly uh, butter base on there, you see, you've got to get the toast out hot, butter in, wait. Yeah. Let it sink. Then the marmalade. Yeah. Then that would have been a solid. So you can't ten. mix the colours. You. I don't the mind you've got the mixing the, of the colours, but the I, just, just drip. I think for maximum yum, <laughs> just let it get in the It's not toasty, though. It's all squidgy after that. Oh, that's kind of cool, though. If, you're, if, you, if you know your onions <laughs> when it comes to toast yeah. preparation, you can get it just right. Yeah, yeah. but still, if you, leave, if you leave the butter too long and you try and spread something on it, yeah, then you start ripping the top layer of the toast off. You guys are not professional. That's Thank you very much. So um, just uh, a bit of fun here. Yeah. Um, before well, we've got another musical act at the end of the show to close the show. Uh, Georgia Crandon. So stick around for that. And the Vintage Youth, her band. Georgia Crandon and the Vintage oh, Youth. Oh, there's an end as well. Mm-hmm. But I had a bit of fun uh, just on Google. Mm-hmm. Not that kind. Um, <laughs> uh, just some just some questions, spacey mm-hmm. questions, mm-hmm. right? Um, now I would love to just fire off, say, three or four of these. Right. Maybe five or six or seven. <laughs> we are um, under pressure. Yeah. And, Take a deep breath. And as brief a uh, um, layman's termy right. Sing- way, single sentence, pretend sentence. we're five years yeah. old because yeah. we've got the brains of four. Yeah, uh, talking about right. the, the, yeah, on, on Reddit, there's an ELI five. Explain like I'm five, yes. Oh! Yeah. But just that. like that, mm-hmm. to pretend like we just don't, yeah, just pretend you are don't actually talking to me and Amy who yeah. actually are dumb. So, <laughs> okay, so uh, quickly going down here. Um, uh, this is a fun one. Um, does the influence of gravity extend out forever? Question mark. Yes. Great. <laughs> okay. But the the problem problem is with the gravity it weakens with distance. So basically, any time you get very far, so why why the Milky Way is a spiral galaxy? Basically, they're all the the gravity of the all of the stars is they basically they're, they're orbiting each other. So. The whole of, the whole of the Milky Way is a spiral because they're all kind of revolving around each Actually, other. Actually, that brings me on to something I listened to the other night on the podcast: um, planetary migration. Mm-hmm. Now, in uh, this is the only way I could explain it. So, can the gravity of one uh, yes. movement, like, like, can someone steal, if you like, still take the ball off someone else and throw you over there? Basically, is yeah, that what it, it is? It is. It is likely that early on in the in the formation of our solar system, there were more planets. And one of them got ejected from from the entire solar system. So basically, and then, and then either joined another or, or slingshot well, ju- into just, something just else. Co- slingshot is the word. Sl- slingshot, yeah. Because they use they slingshot to hypothetically to when you go into the correct orbital path of yeah. one large mass. If you have to blow up an asteroid coming towards Earth, you have with, to slingshot yeah, the with, back. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And and yes, yeah, so you use that power to yeah. slingshot. Basically, basically but, but going, planet, going back to Voyager right at the start. The reason why Voyagers managed to get so far wasn't because we had a really powerful rocket. Basically, it had all the planets basically lined up in a kind of a, a queue. And basically, as it went past one, one it got a gravity assist. Bit of a curve. As, as, so it was getting pulled in by the gravity of the planet and then kept on, it kept on orbiting and orbiting and orbiting and then, 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 then left, left off towards the end. So basically, yeah, that was called a gravity but, but assist. That's, to, a that's to assist a thing moving yeah. through. But like, I'm talking about, say... Just for example, Earth's going around here, yeah. and like Jupiter's going around there. Like, say, and um, you know, at, at one point, can 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 the pattern revolve around in such a way that this one 
drags itself closer to that one because he's bigger and yeah, you know, yeah, all that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, that, that, that thing def- definitely do- does happen. The advantage we have in a, in a single s- s- star system is the orbits are generally fairly stable. So once once we form, the, the, these orbits aren't really going to change much because everybody's kind of lined up in a rather ideal situation. Nothing's getting, getting set up. But if you've got um, a, a binary system or, or even ter- tertiary system, then... The, I've got the, a couple in the shed. <laughs> <laughs> the, the orbits can be really crazy, and yeah, the orbit of a, a kind of like something similar to Jupiter would, would destabilize lots of the planets. So why, when we think of multiple star systems, they're, they're unlikely to have planets. Most of the planets are going to be around single star systems. Okay. So that's one of the things we, we're looking for is single star systems rather than binaries or ter- tertiary systems. All right. Thanks for that. Right. Let's, let's have another look at another one. Uh, this is a really, really dumb one. I'm not even going to read that one. But mm-hmm. just so you know what it was, it was what it, what is the colour of the sun? But let's just skip that. Cause I'm, sure, that, it depends. For what, me, it's yellow. What you're, what you're um, looking at it through. Okay. Exactly, what ke- yes. uh, this is a good one. <laughs> what, what keeps the sun still spinning? Um, that's kind con- of what conserva- we go around. Yeah, right? it's called, called conservation of angular momentum. If you want the real, <laughs> basically put that on my CV. <laughs> basically, when the sun was falling, as I said there was like a cloud of hydrogen, uh, hydrogen gas that was slightly denser than other places in, in the u- universe. And basically, as kind of two two elements of uh, 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 hydrogen came in together, they didn't come kind of straight in and, and, and clump. They kind of spiralled in towards each other. And once that, that spiral uh, kind of has started, the new ones also kind of they kind of join in and with with the same spiral. So, so it's they, almost like our planets are keeping they, the merry-go-round going for um, him, for the sun. N- not actually, no. Actually, our planets are a, a kind of a victim of conservation of angular momentum because as this this happens, basically, as new new atoms join the the sun, it spins faster and faster and faster, and it gets um, denser and denser, which means the the stuff on the outside has to spin even faster. Due to yeah. the extra extra mass, and then basically the, the speed is so fast that it can't basically hold on to all of the matter matter of the sun. So you get what's called, called a planetary disk being formed. Basically, there's matter ejected from the the sun, which then goes and f- forms all all the planets. Which is why all the planets are all on the basically the same plane. Is that what happened? With, is it Jupiter with the, the the ring around it? And Earth's... we don't we don't really know about the rings on 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 those ones. They they could be kind of collisions of moons that so I thought it could be to do with like equator of that mm. planet and it's just sort of drifting between the poles of that but again, again it could it could there's lots mm. lots of this stuff stuff it's very difficult to prove we've got lots of theories and lots of physics and whatever we can predict various things but it's kind of like we can't tell what happened you know 600 million year, years ago we don't know so so sub question then with with spinning sun mm-hmm. and our galaxy around that yeah. sun whatever yeah. um is there is that one piece of obviously like a master revolving system, or 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 are we, if if you like, in geographically speaking terms, set in that part of space, and that's where that lives, or does that well, whole part of space move around this another? Is, this thing? is when you get uh, what's happened. What actually happened with the Big Bang? So there's lots of theories about the Big Bang and ways of describing it. Some of which kind of messy your mind up, basically, because the. Basically, everything was part of the original explosion, if you want to call it. It wasn't quite an explosion, but everything was part of that. So basically, the Big Bang happened everywhere all at the same time. So because we we originated in the Big Bang, the Big Bang happened at our, our current location, and everything else is then retreating from us. Yeah. So it's difficult to say, where is the centre of the galaxy? 
It's really hard I mean, to not want to ask what was sorry, before the, the Big second? Bang yeah. and what well, was there, isn't it? Oh, yes. Go on. Okay, well, no, we, we don't, again, we don't know. But my, my fav- favourite the- the- theory is basically there was a big crunch. Basically, um, there was there was a, a pre-existing u- universe and basically gravity took over and pulled everything back in again and, 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 and coalesced everything into but a But when you point. have your hands there, yeah. right, everything's here, mm-hmm. what's there? Ah. Like, in that part of... Again, em- empty in- space, because basically everything's been pulled out. Or possibly, if you go out to a very, 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 very far day, there could be another universe which is also expanding and collapsing. Yeah, but what, 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 what bends my brain is, though, yeah. if, if one of them's doing that here, and yeah. one of them's doing that here, yeah. what's in the, in this... Nothing. Like, but, but, but what is nothing, then? But, like, no, but no, I no, think no, are you asking you know I mean? how far does the nothing go? Yeah, like, yeah. So, so basically, like, if, if, there's the, if you're saying that this ball of something has an edge of... Well, this, the, say, the, there has to be something in the middle... Well, no, no, because basically, if the edge would be subject... To, if there was something at the edge, that would be subject to gravity as well and would get pulled, 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 pulled in. So they're really, literally but from, but nothing. But from edge to edge, there, there's, a, some, there's a, some sort of measurable distance yeah, there'd be a measurable oh. distance but there won't be anything in it just the vacuum of just space. the vacuum of space but that, but that has to be a, a, a something no 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 it's just it's, it's an absence like of if, something if you could travel yeah, because that's that is what a vacuum is nothing can survive in a vacuum no, 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 i'm not about surviving there. but like no, what no, no, actually but they, is they the cannot, space there cannot be anything in it because no. there is nothing yeah to be in, yeah, <laughs> but nothing can be in it. That's where my head yeah, goes. Yeah, it, 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 it's game. Right. When when you get into these big things, it, it, that's the kind of thing. It I love does. it though. I love it, it. it messes with your bra- brain and, and think, thinking about that kind of kind of thing. And it's possible that because um, there might be other universes out there, because the matter that's on the edge of our known space, as it were, what, is sorry, just what? Where is the edge of our known well, space? Well, yeah, basically, the, the just keep walking that way. <laughs> <laughs> Straight That's the crow flies. Again, again, it's difficult to tell, but there are basically we tell when stars are going away from us by what's called the redshift. Basically, light, light when when things are moving away from us, light stretches out. The light wave stretches out, and it turns blue to red as the Wave, wave actually kind of flattens as it were, and gets pulled about. So basically, things that are going from us as fast as fastest thing. You talk about from the Big Bang. Propulsion. Well, no. If you if you're looking if you're looking now from Earth and looking at stars, stars will have a, a faint red um, light to, to them, and the more more reddish they look, the further away they are, and the faster they are going away from us. So, the ones that are going fastest and furthest aren't actually just slowing down. They're actually accelerating. Away. Okay. So they're not being kind of pulled in by all the rest of the gravity from the... So the, the possible... And again, could they be subject to that, that slingshotty Well, the stuff other as well? possibility is that they're actually being attracted by the gravity of another universe, which is beyond our vision, as it were. We can't see into an, mm. another universe. We might be able to feel their effects of but would gravity. It, would, would, it, would it slow up when it got nearer to the source of that gravity, or would it just crash into it and they would blame it, and they would call that their meteor or something like that, you know? Uh, does that make sense? I think I know what you mean. The problem is what basically the stuff that's on the the again the edge is going near the speed of light. So and the stuff on the edge of another universe would also be going near the speed of light. So basically they they, part, they wouldn't see it coming. Right. <laughs> you, right. You, you, you kind of like suddenly woof. That's <laughs> we, it. We've been, over. Yeah, we, we've been hit hit by a massive thing that's tra- traveling mm. near near the speed speed of light. It's kind of like you wouldn't see it. It's kind of Love Game it. Over. Yeah. Love it. Okay, let me jump to another one here. Um, da, 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 da. 
that was quite an, oh, sorry, this is really rubbish for you guys listening, but I'm just sort of reading for some fun ones. This is cool. Um, would a guitar sound the same on a space station? Ooh. Can I can I say yeah. what I think yeah, and then you it. can tell me that's yeah, shit? So on a space station, surely everything is um, replicated. So it's it, it cannot exist on a space station as it does on Earth because technically you you're not doing the same they're not in the same atmosphere you're you're recreating it yeah. it's fake there there is an artificial atmosphere on the space artificial, space that was but the would, word that not, would that not create the sound for your ears the same would yeah. create would create a very similar effect there have been musicians who have played on on, on the international space station and they do it's recognizable music now whether the zero g would have any any or the apparent zero g would have any effect on the music for, especially for a guitar, which basically is dependent upon on the vibrations, I'm not sure. Mm. Well, you might you might ba- basically have a guitar as, as you strum the guitar, it just and continue the sound. It wouldn't stop. I suppose in the ship, though, as you said, like you know, you can have a webcam chat with your family, mm. and you can hear them saying hello, how are you? Yeah. So you can hear audio yeah. if you like but um I, I, I would imagine i would imagine because of obviously you, there's oxygen in there like they've yeah. managed to make it's it like, habitable you get air resistance and that kind yeah of so but I, I can imagine in the vacuum of space if the guitar could actually survive out in, in no there, because you can't hear anything in a vacuum yeah there's no set so would it just be yeah, basically the, the strings would vibrate but there's no sound 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 there's depends on, on molecules to actually to sound. so basically if you tap a table it's the molecules within the table which are transmitting if you're talking it's the air which is tra- transmitting yeah. and it, again it's another force so is it a, like if you screamed in space well, that's you where wouldn't we, hear that's where it yeah. comes from no one can yeah. hear you yeah. scream in space yeah. because they okay. they can't you, you know one of those kind of Newton cra- Newton's cradle toys that were those kind of balls suspended Basically, sound relies on on the Newton's cradle effect. Basically, one ball swinging to the other, touching another, touching another, touching another, bing. It's transferred uh, energy. That's it, and and it's that which you hear without the atmosphere or without something to transmit it. You can't hear it because there's there's nothing transmitting the the energy from person to person. This this one's quite funny. Um, Why have NASA spent millions developing a pen that would work in space when a pencil (laughs) is just as good? It's also (laughs) first first. It's a myth. They didn't. Okay. The problem they really have is pencils made from graphite. And basically, if you have your nib of your graphite break off mm-hmm. and float around the cabin and go into the, all those nice electronics which are powering your spaceship you and short it out, yeah. you basically, basically, for the want of a, 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 of a kind of basically a normal pen, mm. you, you're possibly going to wreck a uh, you know, $100 million dollar thing. Sub question, though. Yeah. Why with didn't the, they with just the, use with, No, but with a pen, with a pen, <laughs> like the ink in the yeah. the well, yeah. with the no gravity situ, yeah. like, you know, like you're always rub, yeah. shaking your pen and trying to get the ink to like lick in it Again, and all that stuff. Like, that's why they would is, is it a bit knackered as well that way? That's why they spent the money developing. Yeah. So it, it, it wasn't a silly but, thing to spend money on. It, yeah. and, but it wasn't, they didn't... But they've got keyboards, they can write it yeah. down. <laughs> yeah. Can't they? A lot of it was um, what happens if, if things go dark and you can write on a board and communicate sure. to somebody else, as it were. Yeah. 
Interesting. All right, that's not a bad okay. question. Well, it's, like, it's, it's the dan- Amy, dangers of graphite. Yeah, we've got a couple. Sorry, to that's cut like, across you. Go like, ahead, go no, ahead. No, so, so it's, the, it's the dangers of graphite floating around electronics. Yeah. It's, it's something you want. Because, again, if something goes wrong yeah. on the spaceship, it's kind of like... But, but that could be anything. Like, you could sneeze and a bit of spittle or something well, like again, that again, no, they're, they're, the pr- they're protected against those kind of, kind of things, but a, a little tiny piece of graphite is, is potentially, you know... Lethal. Yeah. yeah. Right. Launch okay. codes. Yeah. Um... Okay. Um, okay. So we're talking about the Klein bottle here. Okay. Are we continuing to look in the best and ideal place for scientific answers? Well, this is deep, man. <laughs> or could the reason we are be that we are still in search of some significant significant answers be that we there may be a fourth dimension that we've yet to discover and have access to, akin to theories such as the Klein bottle, and should be. Should we be working more towards discovering that to get our answers? Uh, well, again, you, you go into things like string theory, where there's possible 13, 13 dimensions. The problem is, it's kind of how would we know? How would we register it? We, we're so used to being in a, in a three-dimensional world and having three three-dimensional things. We're kind of it's it's an almost impossible thing to think about a fourth dimension. It's kind of how do you think about how do you, how how do you even see a fourth dimension? It's kind of like so we'd, we'd, right be spending, yeah. we'd, we'd be spending an awful lot of money, time, brain resources yeah. to look for something. We have no idea what it is or yeah. how to process yeah. it. To on, Banking on that when we do find this thing that yeah. we don't know what it the is, world doesn't that it's, us. Got that, it's got the yeah. answers we're looking yeah. for. Yeah, it's one, of the, it's one of those things. If you've got the time and money, it's nice to do, but I wouldn't consider it to be a priority. Mm-hmm. There are, there are bigger and better things, things to spend, spend the money on than that. Mm-hmm. But if, if some university uh, kind of wants, wants to go with it, because sometimes you got kind of, when you're searching for something and you haven't got a particular goal in mind, you're just generally searching, you sometimes come up with some really use, useful stuff that you didn't even think you were looking for. for. Mm. You know, well, that's science yeah, in a nutshell, really. Well, so, so, so some, 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 when people say, say, what are you doing this for? Why, why are you doing this? Doing it for science just because... There might be something something that just pops up. We don't know. Yeah. yeah. You've got a probe. Yeah. Probe. Probe, probe, probe. So uh, one silly question, one slightly more silly question, because there's lots of very heavy ones silly here, question. which I, I would love to ask, yeah. but I don't know if it's going to be as quick to answer. So the first silly one is, have aliens ever visited Earth? Probably. Okay, fine. And the, the next one is, uh, where was it? Um... Actually, there's two here. Um, how long can a human in outer space last without a spacesuit before exploding? Well, would they explode? Uh, they certainly freeze. The pro- problem is, is <coughs> that you're, you, as soon as you you, you get you get frozen or whatever, you, 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 your blood would start to boil and that kind of thing. It's some really nasty. Is it nasty. instantaneous? Done. Um, it's not instantaneous, but it's pretty pretty quick. The problem is there's no. So if, like, as in, if you open the door. Yeah. Yeah, um, basically, there's no there's no pressure on you. So basically, a lot of uh, what we regard as temperature is actually regarding <coughs> as pressure as well as uh, how how hot something is. So pressure pressure and temperature are kind of part of the same same equation. So as you as you um, take away the pressure, basically things boils and, and whatever. They're not heating up; they're just boiling. It's basically your your blood would turn to a gas. Wow. wow. And it, it, because, <laughs> because my brain is confused for so many reasons, yeah. but um, 
you think of the cold of space, yeah. don't you? Well, it's, it's, again, it's, a, it's an absence of heat. Definitely put a jumper on. Yes. It, it, again, this is one of those things about, about, about back, vacuums and things. It, it isn't... Space isn't particularly cold. There's just nothing there... To warm it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even in the sun. Well, no, the, the, the sun... If you, if the you sun, can see the sun. But again, the sun is hot but, and it has hydrogen, heli- helium and, and what they call plasma, which is the, kind of the big arms that you see, see, see going go, go out. So the sun actually has, has stuff in it. And it's also... When, when you're going through the fu- fusion process, there are, there are parts of atoms that you were get, which get produced and those get, get ejected. That's what we call the solar winds and solar radiation. So there are when when the, when the sun's producing, it is stuff sh- shoving stuff out, but it's relatively. Because solar winds stuff. can knacker us. Oh they? yeah, yeah. yeah. As, as um, uh, what's called a coronal mass ejection. Oh, Basically, yeah. <laughs> sorry to stay on that point very quickly. Yeah. Um, isn't, isn't it because, because your, your body, body goes into some kind of shock trying to warm up? It's, 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 it's basically so. Basically, you'd be. Yeah, basically, there'd be so many different things happening to you, and even were you to be able to get yourself back, survive for a few seconds, and get yourself back inside, basically, the impact on your body would mean you were dead. Even if you were, even if you could be brought back in time, the system shock the amount of, um, for the second or yeah, so, yeah. yeah, amount of damage to your organs or whatever. There's no way you'd be able to survive it. Guardians of the ga- Galaxy lied to us, Rob, yeah. and Doctor Who as well. Yeah. Full of holes, that. Well, look, uh, I mean, Michael, will, will you promise us that you'll come back on? Oh, oh, we'll come back. there are just endless, uh, yeah. you know... Well, this, so we, this we, didn't get to super, we didn't get to supernovas. No, we didn't. Which is go on, go for it. We've got right. time. OK, so when, when you're converting to the, the helium, basically you keep on doing that till you get to iron. Now, iron is the tricky, tricky one. When you, Basically, again, you're, you're fusing atoms together. When you get into iron, you're now starting to use up more energy than the fusion process is actually creating. Okay. So basically, the sun starts, or the sun all starts, starts won't, be, won't be the sun, the sun is too small to go supernova. Basically, the sun is going to go for, through uh, a red giant, a white dwarf, and then a black dwarf. Basically, small dead, dead, dead thing in this space. But um, once you start creating, creating iron, you're starting to cool down. So basically, there's no energy being, being um, created by the act of fusion. But there's energy being sucked out, out out of the thing by, by by the fusion of the heavier elements. Again, that's when when you start producing like after after producing iron, you're then starting producing the uranium and all, all those kind of gold and all, all the other, other heavier elements. Which is why when you when you split those heavier elements up, they produce energy. Right. Uh, so but so you now got a big you've now got it's a big yeah, yeah you've now got a big big star which is getting colder because it's say the lack of it. So what happens then is basically it starts to shrink back in on itself. But as it starts to shrink back on its, itself, it's not, that pressure is now, now creating more heat. So it's only now starting to generate heat. But because the, the, the thing is collapsing so quickly on the edge, it's, it's coming, coming in almost at the speed, speed of light kind of, and, and heat, heating everything up. So it, it, the stuff that's on the edge of the star has momentum coming in. And it takes a while for that to slow, slow down and, and, and stop. And as it's coming in, so basically, and then it's starting to heat up again. So it's kind of poof. Mm. So you, you it's got to go somewhere. Yeah, and that's yeah. what that's what the supernova is. So it's that kind of that kind of star collapsing in on itself and then explode, exploding. And so the the outer shell of the, of the star it's scattered all over the place. And that's where um, all you, so your, your heavier elements are created. So why people space say, junk? Well, no, it's why, why people say humans are stardust. We literally are. We are the um, result of a supernova because basically, without stars going supernova, all that the, there would be, be would be hydrogen and helium. 
no rocky planets, no humans with with carbon carbon oxygen. No nitrogen. toast train. No no, no toast train. <laughs> yeah. So you no need, toast. No toast. Yeah. You need uh, a supernova for life to exist. That's so in theory, we've had supernova on toast tonight. Yeah. yeah. That's a ten out of ten. Yeah. yeah. Shame, champagne supernova. Yeah. Uh, Almost as good a pub. No, no, we'll leave that one out. Um, just one last question, yeah. and it's a stupid question. Yeah. Um, RE supernovas, we, how often do we experience how often do we acknowledge that there has been a supernova somewhere in our universe hmm. are they a regular thing does the chap at the hubble go oh janice has gone supernova yeah. or is it like a, a really once in a lifetime thing mm -hmm. because obviously you say that when they start imploding yeah, it's yeah. obviously speed of light speed of light nearest damage um if that's if that's the case, uh, how much warning does one get? And also, how often does it happen? Right. Again, the pro problem with supernovas is you need a big star. Most There aren't as many big stars as used to be because they burn up their, their, their fuel so quickly. So there's not, there's not many of them out there. But yes, you can tell when a star is going to go su supernova. And I'm just trying to rem remember. There's are there any that we know, know about? Well, yeah, yeah, there are. There's one, there's one, there's and is that a problem? Yes and yes and no. The if they were close to us, a star going super, supernova would be a threat to life on Earth. The good thing is, as far as we know, there aren't any supernovas that are really close to to, to the Earth or when potential say, su supernovas. When you say close to Earth, how close are we talking? Oh, we, we're talking. We're talking um, again. The, Talking about, but I suppose like, they would have like, already happened. Yeah, and then again, then we just only get the information of it yeah, coming we, towards we, us. Right? We see what happened several hundred years years ago. Again, one of the things we're talking about how far yeah, the um, four point two light years for our near nearest star. Then we're talking hundreds of light years away for for potential supernovas. So if you saw it just get brighter one night, we go, go fuck. Right, yeah, well, the, again, there, there is. I'm trying to remember the name name of it, but there is a star that was in in, in this. Relatively close, you know, several hundred light, light years away. That possibly is going through that kind of stage, and we there's thoughts: Are we going to see a supernova? But when we're seeing it now, but obviously, oh, yeah, it's it all, could it's, have already it's, happened. It's already happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, yes. That's, that's, that's the one thing. Mm. But again, when you talk about star stars and the distance, if you talk about the volume of a sphere, basically, you think about the ra radius as being a relatively short distance. Basically, radius from Earth, Earth out is four point two light years to. Um, uh, approximate centre or near, near a star. But then when you keep on going further out, basically there are eight... Sorry. Yeah, I've got to get... Got, I wrote, wrote this down, this one of my notes. There are uh, eight stars within ten light years. But if you, if you expand, expand the bubble out, it really gets really weird. Within a hundred light years... Messy with your figures. How many stars do you think there are within 100 light years of Earth? So there are eight within 10, and our nearest one is 4.2 light years. 4.2 light years away is the nearest one, and what was the question? The, 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 the there are distance. eight star systems within 10 light years. How many are there going to be within 100? And it's a weird. It's weird because you, you you won't think you won't think this number. I feel like. Oh, I think it's millions. I think. I it's, feel like the answer is not many. It's like, huge. Like, yeah, very well, little. Yeah, this is. You think it'd be not that, but it's fourteen thousand stars within a hundred light years. Yeah. And how many of them are on the edge? Well, yeah. No, or, I, I, or have well, gone, this yeah. is what I'm trying. Try, I'm trying to remember which which star is potentially. What's getting. the question? Because <clears throat> I'll ask us Google. Uh, it's, it would be What's the name? I just can't of the nearest. 
This is awesome. Supernova. IK Pegasi. Pegasi. Yeah. The closest known candidate is IK Pegasi. Yeah. Pegasi. Yeah. That's the Italian Currently version. Currently estimated. However, uh, that by the time it could become a threat, its velocity in relation to the solar system would have carried IK Pegasi to a safe distance. Yeah. So we're all good. Yeah. are so rare, so relatively clear. rare, and so far away that basically that isn't going to be a ma major threat to us. And people are people are keeping an eye out for these kind of things because they want to see one. Listen, Michael, we're going to yeah. have to wrap it that's up right, there. Right, but this has been. This has Beetle been. Juice, that's it. Yes, this yes. has been one of my favourite podcasts yet. Yeah. I, I'm all about this, and I could, like I said earlier, I could just go on and yeah, on and on. It's and been phenomenal into the night with this. Yeah. But will you promise us you'll come back and, will, and we'll, we'll pick we'll this up where we left definitely off? Definitely come back. Yeah. I think next time we get you on, we'll Michael maybe... Merkel answers all. <laughs> yeah, try and talk maybe more earthbound. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I missed out on diatoms and and and. The Bedelli depression and all these kind of things on the Amazon and all that kind of things. Yes, this is our That's where we're starting off next. This is what we I'm love. This is what we're saying. Yes. <laughs> the Michael yes. Merkel special. <gasps> yes, let's do a series. Thank yeah. you so, and, so uh, much for coming if, on. If people do want to ask uh, ask questions in advance, go for it. Because yeah. you do have, uh, you had a YouTube channel and, and somewhere where people can subscribe yeah. to, right? Yeah. Tell us what that is. Um, it's MJ Merkel is the, is the YouTube channel. It's got about a million, million view, views on it. But Mate, can we stream on your channel? Because <laughs> we got, we got done. Only problem when you're talk, talking. I've only got about um, three thousand subscribers, and I haven't done um, many recordings recently because of various life issues, whatever, have got 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 in the way. But there are about seven hundred videos on on the, on there. So it's going. Are, are they all space based? No, 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 no. So it's Michael Merkel. <laughs> yeah, it's literally that. No, no. There's there's a lot of environment, a lot lot of um, some some politics, some histories. There's all kinds of th th things. There's, but this well, is exactly what we want on the. So, so can you just you put a wig are, on and be someone else? Yeah, just come in in three weeks' time and we'll talk about oh, yeah. everything. Yeah. Everything. Thank you so that's so right, much for right. coming. Like, you spin, this is this is our jam. Yeah. Marmalade. This is our marmalade. marmalade. Right. We love it and we can't thank you enough. Listen. Uh, so to close the show, we have a piece of lovely music from Georgia Crandon and her band the vintage youth uh, they're from Essex they've toured all over with their fantastic retro pop music that echoes Janis Joplin and Mark Bolan with Amy Winehouse vibes described as super cool by the BBC we can understand why check out their single called Until We Meet Again and this is by Georgia Crandon and the vintage youth if you want to check them out online it's georgiaandthevintageyouth.com and her Twitter handle is at Georgia Crandon that's G-E-O-R-G-I-A-C-R-A N-D-O-N. Nice. You've been listening and watching The Toast Train. Thank you very much. Good night. We forgot the sponsors. The show. Oh, can't do that, can we? Sponsors. Oh, yeah, the people that keep the lights on. Absolutely. So, uh, to my left here, we have the Braintree Printing Company. Um, if you want something printed like our lovely brick wall, um, which is not a real brick wall, it's just a brick wall on a canvas. Or if you'd like a poster or a pop-up banner or just... Uh, Anything printy. Basically... <laughs> Any of Earth's matter, uh, <laughs> any of uh, stardust that you'd like to have printed on, then uh, Braintree Printing Company are the only people on the planet Earth that you should consult. <laughs> And also, uh, we have to give our thanks to Parcel Broker, um, so you can save money sending with them if you need to get your goods from A to B. That's another thing I wanted to talk to you about. Space Bridge! Ugh. Next time. Okay. Uh, space Ladder. Yeah, Space Ladder. Uh, save money sending with parcelbroker.co.uk. Please do join us again in three weeks' time. Uh, we love you. Thank you for joining, and we love you, and thank you for joining <laughs> us. Awesome. That's the show. Good night, everybody. See you soon, guys. See you later.
you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.